Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. Five, at the two, at the one to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Drink it in, man. Get up, Stafford throws. It is end zone. Caught! Oh, baby, what a catch! Kenny Gallagher, you're a freak! What a catch! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on, everybody? This is a bonus show. I mean, this is the only podcast that breaks you out three, four, maybe even sometimes five shows a week. We got a fantasy show on Monday. We got Detroit Lions on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast with Grifka on Wednesday and Friday. I'm here bringing you a bonus show, bringing in one of my other buddies, a longtime buddy of mine. We jumped on a softball team back in the day, absolutely killed it in the outfield. Nothing hit the ground when me and this guy were out there. He's a big sports fan across the board. And I said, hey, man, you need to jump on the podcast sometime. We talk some Lions football. He's a big Michigan fan, too. Who knows what we might talk about on this show? We're going to bring the energy. We're going to have a bunch of fun. This is my buddy, Stefan, to all the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers out there. Stefan, you're on the podcast, man. You're in the house. What the heck's going on, buddy? I'm in the house, man. It's about time. We've been talking about it for a while, finally getting this thing going. So I'm um, excited to talk Lions. I feel like this week's going to be a little bit of a therapy session for me. Um, you know, some tough, some tough losses, some tough uh, injuries, but hey, ready to get it going, man. Absolutely, man. I'm super happy to have you. We're, we're just two buddies talking sports. We'll have a bunch of fun here on the show and uh, give the people some fun things to talk about. Because like I say, I want this show to be a little different than our normal shows. Um, we're going to talk about some kind of hot topics, some hot takes on some things that are going on with this team. So let, let's just not mess around. We don't mess around on the show. Let's talk TJ Hawkinson, the number eight overall pick, a tight end who everybody banged on. You can't take a tight end that high. 
you know, Bob Quinn, all these people love this guy. He can catch, he can block, he's a meat and potatoes, he's, he loves football, all this stuff. You know, I was a guy that is quoted on this show of saying, Grifka, they're not going to take TJ Hawkinson at number eight. Are you kidding me? But then as the draft went and they turned that card in, of course, I'm like, oh man, Hawkinson, he brings a lot to the table. He's a really solid football player. Would I have taken other people? Yes, I would. But of course, every week I bang on Grifka because I think Hawkinson's a really good player. But I'm here today to bring this up to you because I went on Twitter and had some issues with TJ Hawkinson. I feel like this guy is midway through a year now. And I got after him for his fire, and I just can't figure out what this guy's ceiling is. I mean, is he going to be a dominant tight end? I mean, what kind of stats is he going to put up? Like, is this guy going to be a Travis Kelsey type, or is he going to be a middle-of-the-road player? Um, threw a lot at you there, man. What are your thoughts on Hawkinson as well as just what do, man, you, think, what do you think he can be? I mean, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited, a, man. I am excited. I think – he has the possibility of being like a Gronk Jr. You know, he, he has the, the, the build, um, the skill set. He's got that mentality. But like you said, I haven't seen the fire. It worries me. Um, you know, good old Iowa boy. Don't know if he has a little bit of that um, fire I want to see out of him. But um, the signs are there for, for a bright future. Um, I'm looking at the, the red zone. He's got me. He's got me worried. He's had another big drop this week against the Bears. Um, I just, you said too, he's a top 10 pick. So you're almost setting a guy up for failure, right? Uh, so how much can you really, realistically speaking, expect from a guy like that? Um, unfortunately, I would have picked him probably top 20. Uh, we would have a different conversation right now. The fact that he is the eighth pick, it's it's a bummer. You know, he's he hasn't lived up to expectations. He came out of the gate looking like he is going to be the next um, Gronkowski. Um, I was I was more than excited. I was I was geeked, man. I was thinking we're going to blow Arizona out. We're going to get off to a hot start. And kind of like the season, he's tailed off. The team's tailed off. And uh, here we are. But I do like his upside. I think it's always tough for a year one uh, tight end. Um, he's shown signs. And I am still very excited about what he has to bring going into year two and three. But as of right now, it's it's to be continued, you know? Yeah, man. I, I like that optimism as well. It's like, I'm not quitting on this guy by any means. I was sort of like just wanting to almost light a fire, or check with the fan base and say like, what are you guys thinking? Because like for me, I see him out there. He's just kind of, he goes through the motions and people are like, oh, it's because he's so smooth at everything. I'm like... Okay, I hope so. Uh, the, everything he's caught is basically a, a pass I could catch, you know, a wide open uh, crossing route where he catches and runs up the field until somebody tackles him. I mean, that doesn't really take a tremendous amount of ability. He, Like you said, he has dropped the ball in the end zone versus Green Bay, and I think he's got at least two, three other kind of crucial drops, either be a seam route or another jump ball touchdown that I recall, and it's like, those are the type of plays I need him to make against people. I need him to hawk people and just jump over them, run through them, uh, do special things because like everybody's like, Oh, it takes a tight end a long time. A tight end's a hard position to learn. It's like, we took you eight, man. You, you not only need to be special, but if you're not special in year one, then you just need to have that huge leap because I can't have Hawkinson playing the way he is getting like 30, 40 yards, no TDs, barely being used when we use that kind of asset on him, no matter how good of a guy he is or how 
you know, again, he hasn't even been really used in the blocking game either. People are like, oh, well, he wasn't really as good of a blocker as he was made out to be. It's like, I just haven't seen much in that area at all. I can't remember one block this year where they really <laughs> highlighted him other than maybe I think yeah. he took somebody out on a carry on screen, which was OK, oh, but it's not like he buried him or anything. So nah, what, he what do you say, man? I hear like yeah. I mean, obviously there's some things out of his, out of his control. Um, like how we're using them. I think our tight ends in the past have been that that um, that Matthew Stafford security blanket, but Matt Stafford's getting some good protection. He's, he's throwing the ball downfield. Um, I guess I'm, I am confused. Why aren't we throwing TJ the ball down the field, down the seam? Um, is it something that we're missing? Is it you know? Is he not showing the signs in practice? Is he not living up to expectations? I mean, I hope that's not the case, but. I have to go off what I'm seeing on the field. And unfortunately, as of right now, it's a little bit of a, uh, you know, a letdown. Um, I think, again, he has all of the upside in the world. But uh, right now, in a season like this going forward, especially with a backup QB, probably, you know, for at least for a couple games, at least I hope. I mean, hopefully he might turn into that security blanket. I mean, Driscoll was tossing the rock um, the last drive of the game, got a couple of big catches. That was the first time I heard his name. And, I don't know how long. So, I mean, at least some signs we have, you know, he's uh, halfway through his first season. I mean, is he going to is he gonna hit the ground running going forward? I sure as hell hope so. But I, I need to see more. I want to see him use more. Like you said, I don't know why we haven't thrown the ball his way more often um, other than getting Kenny and, and Marvin downfield, which is awesome. Um, but the red zone, man, this guy's a beast. He should be a beast. Just give him – the ball, throw it up, let him go get it. But does he have that go-getter mentality? Um, I haven't seen it yet, except in glimpses. But those glimpses, they they got to become the norm, or else. Yeah, I'm gonna start getting a little more pessimistic on this man. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's kind of like you know, I'm not trying to jump the gun on it, but uh, people were like, "Well, they need to use them more." I'm like, "They do need to use them more." And then they're like, "And I'm like, I don't think these coaches are seeing them tear it up every week and and demand the football, and then on Sundays just going to every other player." I mean, that doesn't make there any is, sense. In my- yeah, there is something to say if you have that mentality. Give me the ball, you know. I mean, right. people, people that that shows the quarterback special. He's gonna he's gonna get a he's gonna find a way to get you the ball, especially a gunslinger like Stafford. If you're out there, man, just making your presence felt, Stafford's going to be the ball. Part of it, though, is like that probably a little bit comes with time. You know, you come in, you're the humble guy, you're the work hard guy, you earn everybody's respect, and then maybe you get a little more wild. Because I told a couple people, I was like, you go and watch his film. This guy had some wild moments where he'd make a catch. He's up going nuts after he's like whooping up the crowd. It's like that's part of what I thought I was getting as well as if you go Mm -hmm. back and watch his tape. He's putting his hands on people and driving them five, six yards off the ball into the ground with some of these yeah. blocks. And like, okay, yeah, the NFL players are better, but mm-hmm. there hasn't been one block on the edge where I've seen him get his hands on somebody and actually kind of control them and take them somewhere. I mean, yeah, he gets in the way. He, after since the concussion, he's sort of been timid and people are like, oh, he's, he's worried mm-hmm. after the concussion. It's like, well, you got to learn to deal with injuries in the NFL. This ain't going to be the first or the yeah. last one that he gets. So let's do this. We got to keep the show moving. Mm-hmm. I need three things from you on TJ Hawkinson. I need a player comparison. You know, we got the Kelseys of the world. We got some of these other guys that can catch. Is there a player or a player type that you think this guy can end up being, let's say, two, three years down the road? I mean, I know I mentioned it, but I don't want to say the poor man's version of Gronkowski, but, I mean, he's got the the, the build. 
and the skill set, I think, to be our version of that. I mean, again, we're the Detroit Patriots. He's got to be our version of Gronk. <laughs> He's got to be that, like, give me the ball. Like you said, get, give me, get the crowd whooped up. Like, just show some energy. And, I mean, that's who I want him to be. Um, the glimpses are there. But, I mean, that's that's my hope. That's where I see we need him going, man. If, if not – Stefan. I got, I got to stop you, man. This is where you show your rookie on the podcast. Like this is, this is the media, the fan base that was calling him, you know, Gronkowski for the, for the lions. He's, he's not as, he's not as big and as physical. What I've seen from him, especially since I've seen him play now in the league mm-hmm. to me, he's much more of that, uh, kind of smooth route runner, that guy that kind of just knows how to get open. He can run a little bit after the catch. So to me, he's more like this, uh, Kelsey, Hunter Henry type, some of these tight ends who are, yeah, they're, they're six, four, six, five with some, you know, some good weight on them, but they just kind of maneuver through the defense, catch it and go. Gronkowski was a different breed with his physicality. He could still run a little bit back in his earlier years. And he would just, a lot of times they just use him and he would just get it done from, from a blocking perspective. So I think Hawkins is a little bit different now that I see him in person and see him in a Lions uniform. He is, he's young. I mean, I don't want to cut you off, but the guy's got time to, to build that NFL body. Um, Like I said, we've seen signs that he has the energy, the, uh, that killer instinct. But I mean, of course, I mean, you compare anybody to Gronkowski, um, you're you're gonna be you know bringing in questions. You're gonna bring in lofty expectations. But I mean, I think Kelsey is a more dynamic, um, you know, explosive type player. When I look at him, um, I always thought yeah. of Gronk as more of that meat potatoes kind of guy. So maybe you know it's been a while since I, I saw Gronk at his you know his highlight reel or something. I got to replay some some YouTube clips to get me uh, <laughs> reimmersed. But I guess Go watch the tape, bro, bro. <laughs> <laughs> So let, let's let me ask you this. You know, you just throw out uh, we and Grifka had a big old argument because Grifka, well, what's his stats going to be, Okri? I said, if he helps us win, I don't care. Well, what do you mean you don't care? Like, he was picked number eight. So this season, here we are having a struggling year, and he just hasn't really produced. Probably, I think he's at probably, you know, 300-some yards, couple touchdowns, you know. In a perfect world, not this year, I, mean, I put him at, you know, 600 yards and around, you know, seven to 10 touchdowns, what I had him at before the year. Mm-hmm. Like, like, w- let's say year two, like what kind of stats this Stefan, what do you think he's going to can put up that would that would justify him as a player? And like I say, doing other things to help us win ball games. So it's not so much just about numbers, but mm-hmm. um, give me a couple like. What do you think he can his ceiling is for yards? Maybe can he get double digit TDs in year two or three? Well, I think the fact that we've struggled so much in the end zone, uh, the red zone rather, yeah, 10, 10 touchdowns is should not be an issue. I mean, that's what we need this guy. Um, to, it's a lot. It's a lot uh, yeah, for like is, a but 10 for tight many, end. But like you say, if you use them, we've gotten the red a, zone a lot this year, and we've got a lot of field goals. I mean, those are TJ Hawkinson. That's his time to turn up. Uh, and then yeah. I want to see the energy again, get, like, that mentality. Give me the ball. We are five yards from the end zone. Chuck it up. I'm gonna go get it. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Might not be the most expos- explosive guy. I might not blow up the huge block. I'm gonna do my job and come the red zone. He needs to come alive. Um, and so ten ten touchdowns with how much we've been in the red zone this year and 800 yards. I don't. I don't see why he can't be that 
even year two. Uh, get him and Stafford some consistency. Get them on the same page. I mean, it's it has to happen. I mean, and it should happen. I mean, that's that's my take. I think 10 touchdowns, 800 yards is where we need this guy and what he should be for us. Yeah. Yeah, those are those are both, you know, pretty high bars for a tight end. But also, like I said, if, if he's used and, and he almost needs – one or two of those to come through, or if not both, because, you know, where they took them as well as, you know, a lot of guys force feed their skill players. So depending on what happens with Marv down the road, I mean, hockey basically invested in them to be one of your top uh, skill players. So can can this guy be a star? Can this guy be a star in your opinion? Yeah. Because Amadola isn't getting any younger. Like I said, we don't know what the future holds for Marvin. I mean, we're going to be, I think he's going to be the 1A or the 1B to Galladay's 1A. Um, and that's and that's not a bad thing to have. Um, like I said, he's going to get better at the blocking. He's going to fill out. And then he's going to be able to slip out of the backfield when he, he's we get a little bit of a, a, a healthy running back. And I just see him heading down that seam and, and making, you know, making big 20, 25-yard plays. Yeah. Well, I sure hope so. Like I said, I'm a little bit uh, TBD on, on what his ceiling is. I, I feel like he has looked smooth. He has looked, you know, looked the part when it comes to, you know, given the opportunities, the way they've schemed him open. But I haven't seen that play. You know, he had one against Chicago. It's, I think it was probably his only catch where he caught it, looked like a five-yard route, and he bumbled and rumbled through a few people, and it got like 20-some yards on the play. I mean, if he starts doing that more often, I'm like, oh, okay. That's a play you make by yourself, not just some wide-open catch you run up field. I mean, Driscoll found him, I think, two back-to-back plays down the stretch. You know, we were, we were obviously going for that that game tying drive. Um, I, again, we need to see more and it needs to be happen at a higher pace earlier in the game. Um, give the defense something to think about because it's almost like they forgot about him and then Driscoll decided to use him. So what's going to happen? Yeah. When, when he is a known commodity. Um, I mean, I'm worried. Don't get me wrong. I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to uh, hype myself up almost probably as anybody, as much as anything else, but, I, I got to believe, you know, he wasn't, he, he was going to be taken top 10 regardless. I mean, other teams showed interest. I mean, we weren't the only ones out there putting him top 10 on the board. So um, yeah. it's not like the same old lines they, they, they reached, you know, other teams are, were going for this guy. So I have to think that was, uh, yeah, I, I think so. But it definitely was a, you know, outside the box type pick, you know, when it comes to that position, as well as, you know, just again, he's got to be able to. It's yeah. basically just usage at this point for me. Like, mm-hmm. freaking use the guy. The guy went for 130 and two in game one, and then <laughs> he's been just, you know, a ball here or there the rest of the year. I mean, I think his next high is probably 50 yards. It's like, I don't need him to score, you know, two TDs and 100 yards by any means, but I need him being like featured where one game he gets, you know, 80, 90 yards, the next game he gets mm-hmm. 40, you know, like I don't want him disappearing, especially for, for a while. I was kind of like, all right, you know, he'll have a few down weeks and then he'll pop up and be big. You know, mm-hmm. every t- week in my articles, I put, you know, TJ Ox would probably blow up and I stopped doing that now because it's, it's six weeks down the road and I haven't seen it. It's like, come on, man. So me, I, I still really you, like the uh, player. It's, uh, it's just like, this, let's man. get it done. I know. Cause you're the fantasy guy. So the guy, what Devin Bush got picked right after him, right? Yeah. So, I mean, what what do you think our, our team looks like if we pick Devin Bush instead of, and then round two we go tight end. We we switch those, you know, we switch those uh position groups. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I mean that's I, I th- fun to think about, but. Yeah, I think it's it's Monday morning quarterback because I think Devin Bush went 10, you know, Hawkinson, you know, right at that eighth pick. So, yeah, only a couple picks later. But where did he go? He went to the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, a great culture, you know, needed a middle linebacker, threw him right out there. He's just running and hitting, doing the things he's good at. They're not putting him in the spot to kind of, you know, be a liability. Would he have helped the Lions? I mean, depends how they use them and and they don't like those little linebackers. So it's kind of just like people taking one guy from one team saying like, Oh, imagine, uh, (laughs) you you know, imagine Tom Brady on the lions. It's like, well, who knows if that story goes the same with the same supporting cast, the organization at that point, you can't really just plop somebody in and say, Oh, look what he would have done. I mean, that's easy to do after the fact, but you know, like I say, I'm not, this isn't a bang on TJ Hawkins. This is me calling him out and people on Twitter sort of backing him up. Other people saying like, yeah, he needs to be tougher. He needs to get the ball more. I just think it's a big, you know, hot button we had to bring up. So we got to keep this thing moving and we'll never get on another topic. And this next one, I want to talk about bro. Okay, we're sitting here, you know, my buddy Grifka, doom and gloom, you know, when nothing's going right. A lot of the Lions fan base, you know, thinks, why win, tank the season, get the draft pick? So this is kind of a two-part question. Like, what does this team need in regards to either position or maybe even from a leadership perspective? And then tackle that first of what do you think they need either from a player or just for the organization to get over the hump here? I mean, we, we need a running back to stay healthy. I mean, God, I love carry on. It hurts me to say, but man, we need a healthy running back. We need consistency. I mean, since what we got the, how many, how many running backs in a row have just got injury concerns? I mean, Reggie Bush always out with injury. Um, Dude from what was the what was the speedster we got? Um, had Job is best. Too. Job is best. Thank you. I mean, help me. Help me. <laughs> so it's yeah. I think running back is a huge concern once again. Um, at the very least, depth. I mean, we need a one-two punch. I don't know what Ty Johnson is gonna bring. I think I, I thought he was just gonna be that third down screen kind of change of pace type of guy. But either way, we need. Uh, we need every down running back. Um, we need a, a quarterback for the future. I mean, let's be real. If it's if it's if it's a, f- a top five pick and he's going to start next year, or if it's a second round pick where we're grooming him for three years, it ha- we have to start planning for that now. And we need depth in the secondary. I mean, I know we got we were just tossing guys away like digs, like they were, you know, growing on trees. But how do you do that without more depth? Um, so I want some explosiveness out of the secondary and I need a healthy running back. So I'll put, I'll put quarterback in the future third, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of crazy. Cause, uh, you know, the main thing I put on my list, which isn't, you know, for all the draft experts you find on Twitter, all these people that think they got the NFL all figured out, like the number one thing with a bullet that I have on my list is a freaking running back. I'm so annoyed. Like as much as I love carry on Johnson sort of as you hinted at, and he's on a lot of my fantasy teams. I think he's still a good player, even though everybody thinks he's just a fragile injury prone player. Now, like 
can we not just go spend a high asset, whether it be in the draft or in free agency and get a, a stud running back and put this to bed? I mean, I feel like we've been trying to piece it together since 20 walked off the field and I'm sitting here going, okay, maybe for five, even 10 years, that was fine. We're at like 20 plus years now. It's like, you might want to, you might want to go get somebody that's actually a beast and can actually carry it more than, you know, 10 times a game or these little scat backs you keep getting. Like, let's go pound people. Let's go get Jonathan Taylor and pound people and put them with carry on. Let's go get a a back in free agency. That's the top guy and pay them. You know, you could have went out and probably got Le'Veon Bell at a big discount and said, Hey, okay. Running back is fixed. Let's move on to the next thing. Bring my man home, dude. He doesn't want to be yeah. in New York. Get get this man back to Michigan. Exactly. But instead, like I say, all the people on Twitter, oh, Okri, you got to wait till the mid rounds. You know, that's the value. And that's usually what I'm yelling at Grifka about is like, you have to know where values at, how you, how you draft, but everyone's so lost how in the fact is, that you can only Dallas look when Zeke's playing well. I mean, exactly. And where they take Zeke top five. <laughs> What's my man you know, from I, Minnesota? People, well, he looks healthy. God, they're, they're a new team. Cook. Yeah, but here's the problem with that. Goodness. They did get the Lions passed on Dalvin Cook twice, and everybody yeah. knew he was a stud. So it's like they overthought it, and they thought, oh, no, we'll get a guy in the fifth round. It's like, <laughs> no, a guy was staring you in the face in the second. Or people Ooh. are like, oh, you can never take a running back in the first round. It's like, let's go down the list of the ones that have been taken that are good. Zeke, Leonard Fournette. Saquon Barkley. Should I continue? You know, there's right. probably like five, six other guys that were all taken between 20 and one and have been great players for those teams. And instead we're like, Oh no, we're going to find a gem in the fourth, fifth round. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if that would have worked out for you, like uh, before I would be fine with it, but we're going on two decades. It hasn't worked. Yeah. So please go get me a running back somehow, some way. So I don't have to talk about this anymore. Yeah. You got me fired up, man. I agree. And then you also hit on cornerback. Like, here's the other thing with corner. So when Jim Schwartz was here, you know, he, he would never take corners because he'd always say, oh, they're they're the most hurt position. They're this, they're that. It's like you never took one above probably like the, I think probably third, fourth round was probably the only time he brought in all these bum washed up corners. It's like, okay, you ran into, you threw a dart at a wall. You got lucky by getting Darius Slay in the top of the second round. Like, we took Darius Slay in probably 2011, 2012, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. Like, it's 2019, and we have not even attempted to pair him with a, another upper echelon type player. Mm-hmm. You know, and people are like, oh, well, you, you can't you can't really put, invest in two corners. It's like, again, let's go look, look at the good teams. Like, it's a passing league, right? So if it's right. a passing league, you probably need corners, <laughs> yeah. you know, and instead we think we can get away with Slay and, you know, a bunch of bums off the street. And now we're I mean, investing in safeties, which I'm fine with safeties, right. but Coleman get me another guy good. that can cover wide receiver, please. You know, Justin Coleman looks good. I mean, he better though with that money we spent on him. But I mean, especially yeah, kind of, right? we're, we're rushing, we're rushing three. We're not getting quarterback pressure. So yeah, pass happy league. Yeah. You, you can't have enough depth in the secondary. So, uh, yeah, it's frustrating. And when you when you get Coleman, so now it's like you got Coleman. Yeah, you paid him a bunch. You got Slay. You're paying him a bunch. That's why you, if we're picking, let's say at at ten to fifteen, if a really good corner is there, mm-hmm. you take him. He still makes no money because right. he's a drafted rookie. You put him and Slay on the outsides, and you feel pretty good about that. You got Coleman in the slot, and you still got Tracy Walker, 
Harris, all these other guys that can ball hawk and run around. Now we got a, a secondary instead. Now it's like mm-hmm. every team comes into the week and just says, Oh, we'll just never throw it slay. And we'll just, we'll just dice up the other guy, which Melvin's right. been decent, but I bet you if they got another corner that was, that could hold his water over there, like our defense would look a lot different because you can't have studs at every position, but you also can't avoid corners and think you're just going to fall mm-hmm. into one because they're too valuable in my opinion. Yeah, we don't want to kind of waste another like w- waste talent. You know, we want to pair it up finally. How long do have do we waste Barry and, and Herman Moore? How long have we wasted Stafford? How long are we going to waste people like Slay? So, um, yeah, I, I I agree. Let's let's. And my thing is like, if Slay goes, like they're saying, oh, they'll trade him in the off season, or he's getting frustrated. Imagine if he's gone, like, like Coleman's a slot player. You got nothing out there. Like you got yeah. no young guys, nobody with really any upside. You know, the one guy they took this year hasn't even seen the field AO. It's like, I, I don't think they have, like you said, kind of any of the depth that we had hoped at that position. I feel like other spots were building some depth and kind of have some sneaky talent, you know, not only starting, but behind them. But not not in the corner. I mean, if, if when Darius Slay has gone down with his hamstring, good luck guarding people. Right. It's been ugly. I mean, I think I, I do think the secondary would would look better if our D line had been healthy. Um, I'm, I'm I'm eager to see what a, a healthy D line and some consistency with Mike Daniels, with Trey Flowers, with Snacks again, also groin injury, but still, let's get some continuity, some 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 health out of our our front four, um, and, and put some pressure off of our secondary. So I mean, I know they they kind of go hand in hand, but we got to commit to one or the other. We can't just kind of half, you know, half a our way through both of them. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy, man. We both have the same two spots. I mean, I think that's what the team needs to get over the hump, uh, a big time mm-hmm. running back as well as a top corner while you have slay around. I don't want you to get rid of slay and then we'll get me a top corner. Cause we're, we'd be at the same point we are now right. you need to pair them up. And uh, like I say, I like Justin Coleman. I like our safeties. And, and yeah, everyone says pass rusher, all these other things you can come up with. Like to me, those are kind of the two. And they're also two that are off the radar because you'll have people tell you, you can just find running backs anywhere. And, oh, you know, every team has one good corner and one, you know, that's just serviceable. And it's like, I, I, I don't think so. When you really start breaking it down, a lot of the teams that are winning have these, these beasts of these running backs that catch it, run it, score touchdowns. And we haven't had one in, in two decades. So um, let, let me combo that question kind of finish this out here on uh, this portion of the show. Um, you know, the record is not where we want it. We got injuries still at crucial spots, especially mm-hmm. the quarterback and running back. Uh, how are we going to drink that Detroit Kool-Aid the rest of the year? I mean, every, every time on the podcast, we're, we're letting the people a bit, we're pouring them a big glass, you know, Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. And uh, serving up that cornbread also. Corn, corn, <laughs> cornbread. And uh, how, how are you going to do that? Like, how are you going to stay connected to this team? A lot of people are quitting on them, just saying, I'll see you uh, next year, maybe. I mean, w- what are you looking forward to? Maybe a player. It might be, uh, you know, a certain, you know, thing you want to see from the squad to kind of finish out the year to not only keep you in, but get you yeah. excited for 2020. You know, like, like I, you know, I touched on it briefly. I, I am – I don't think I'm playing at straws either. I really think, uh, you know, getting Daniels back, getting Snacks and Trey all in the field together with an actual meaningful length of time 
we're going to live up to expectations. You know, coming in this season, everyone's, okay, top five D-line, we're good. That's going to be the strong point of the team. Okay, well, we haven't been remotely healthy. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I I can't remember. If, have we been healthy yet all year? But So I'm eager to see if we keep those guys together on the field. Um, you know, Ashawn, you know, let, let Jared Davis be a little bit more of a – uh, a free-flowing guy, let him, um, you know, come after the the, run, the quarterbacks and, and the running backs out of the backfield because we know he can't cover. Um, so let him just do go make plays. Um, so that's something I really I, I expect to see. I need to see it, um, and it'll be fun to watch again what type of balance that brings to the defense when we're getting a little bit of pressure on the quarterback with a with a steady D line. So um, obviously, I want to see that. Not to hark too much at Hawkinson, but He's got to make strides. Uh, I think he's going to just continue to get more comfortable. I don't want to make excuses, but you did say the concussion. You know, he's he's a rookie. He's finding his way in the league. Um, I expect, especially with, with Driscoll, uh, I think we're going to see more out of Hawkinson. We're going to see more of the D-line. And I'll be happy with that because it shows it shows growth. Um, I don't. I actually like the the improvements I've seen out of Matt Patricia from year one to year two. I mean, how much of a mess was everybody saying he was year one? He's in over his head. Oh, my God, this is the worst decision Alliance have ever made. You know what? Hey, give the guy a little bit of time. I like this, you know, the progress he's already made. I think he's just going to get more comfortable. He's going to, you know, figure things out um, himself even more. Um, I don't blow anything up. Let's, 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 let's keep building off what we've established. Um, and let's go get some playmakers in the offseason. Yeah, man, Stefan, I'm I'm there with you on on a lot of those ones you mentioned. I mean, for me, it, it comes down to uh, it comes down to that that defense, like finding an identity. Like to me, they've just been you know scattershot. Where you know, yeah, sometimes they scheme up a, a game plan that somewhat works, but then they fall short either on offense or defense and lose. Sometimes you know they've had some flashes where. Coleman's looking great covering people slays wagging the finger. And then there's other days where they're just Swiss cheese back there. Uh, my favorite thing on the defense is a uh, T walk, man, Tracy Walker, my guy put on the 21, which is my favorite number. And uh, he's got those, you know, three foot long arms. He waggles them, comes up and guards tight ends. Freaking just has that swagger about him. I think since they've lost him, have they have him the last uh, couple games, you know, maybe a different story, but He's been out with that knee, and and I think that's a big thing. I know a lot of people still don't really recognize Tracy Walker as a as a ball hawk and a real real top you know safety type talent. But I think he's really going to come on the scene, similar to how Kenny has, where Kenny Galladay was sort of a a physical beast when you saw him. He made a few plays his rookie year. He grew in year two, and here we are seeing him you know really become a a top flight receiver. And I, I also think Galladay is you know just he really just seems sort of like a, a special talent. Like I know he's not going to run away from you. I know he's not, you know, um, as dynamic as some other receivers may be, but his, his body build, the way he goes up against the football, the way that yeah. you can throw it to him deep, short, intermediate. I feel like I want to keep my eye on Galladay and just see if he continues to grow into that dead set, 
people come play the the Lions. They know they got to deal with 19. He's the go-to guy. I want to see them throwing the rock to him like I used to see it to Andre Johnson and these other top receivers where you come in knowing he ain't getting any less than about 12 balls thrown his way on a bad day. 18 if they want to turn up the juice. That's what I think we need to see from him. That way they can just pay him and say, you're our guy for the next five, six years, our top flight receiver build around him offensively. And same with Tracy Walker. Like I say, I think you're going to almost build that defense from the D line, as well as the a guy like him on the back end, and then fill in the middle and fill in the outsides around that, because you still got some talent on that D line and Matt Patricia, if he adds a few more pieces, should be able to scheme it up as well as, like you said, I mean, barely year 1.5 right now for him. I mean, the guy's learning the job. He's sort of, he brings a winning pedigree. Like let's give him some more time and let's say, Hey, okay. Like it wasn't an issue anyway, when he came in and was yelling at people, telling them to run laps, we should have had that about a decade ago. <laughs> it just shocked right. the system. And now like everybody's used to it and he's building on top of it. And people are like, where's the results? They keep losing. Well, maybe the roster isn't where we thought it is. Maybe the injuries have been at really tough spots. I was telling a buddy the other day, the worst part about the injuries this year, like no other than carry on, they haven't been like catastrophic, but they've been like this guy meet missing three weeks, this guy out in a really crucial game, you know, two guys out that we really need. That's cost us a loss, you know, either in Chicago or uh, a couple of these other games. So I I think I'm going to just hang my hat on Tracy Walker, Galladay. What's the identity of this defense. And like you said, can we get Matt uh, Patricia, a few more blue chip players, so that instead of people banging on him for his record, they can say, oh, remember all those stuff he was building for two years? Now we actually got ball players that can do right. some things, and now it works all of a sudden. Imagine that. You know, I feel yeah, like I we're two even, to three players away when it comes yeah. to that. So I don't even – everyone's I – think, I think people have been overly critical of Quinn too, um, you know, in his draft. But, I mean, I'm not all that disappointed in um, in the linebacker. Um to, to uh, what you know, my boy here, the, yeah, Jelani uh, Tavai. Yeah, I mean, dude, I was it, it was a, definitely a reach. I mean, probably should have been third round, but again, he's he's playing a solid role in the team. Um, you know, it's like so, whatever. I'll just, I'm not gonna get too much into it, but I don't think he's done as bad of a job as people have made it out to be. Um, again, there's a lot of negativity just as a Lions fan, just in general. Um, but what, yeah, what is making some big you know fire sale gonna do except put us back here in three four years looking up at the same place um you know asking the same questions we got to give them a chance um you know a, a real chance um yeah build that build the identity and identities are not built overnight so um i mean it's boring to say it's it's kind of cliche but you know let's just let's let these guys um you know get some time to grow let's build yeah, because everybody's like, blow it up. And I'm just saying, like, okay, this season's been bad. We'll, we'll be lucky to win, you know, six, seven games, somewhere around there, mm-hmm. I would say, on a good thing. Could they end up winning, like, five or so? I mean, it could happen. But I think that, you know, you, what do you think, if you – Conspiracy-wise, sitting Stafford, is that going to save some jobs? You know, hey, if, if feeling pressure, that's yeah. that's conspiracy there. Hey, we're going to – it's it's okay to lose 10 11 games because our franchise quarterback is out i mean but yeah yeah that could happen but i mean like i think you know what you have in him regardless like you say it would be a little bit of an excuse but my thing is just every year you're stacking on what you currently have so like if they end up with a bad record the past two years like you can blame coaching blame all this stuff but you can also say like 
you know, they were continuing to build this roster and people say like, well, Jim Cole will one. It's like, yeah, well, he had a, a different roster too than they're trying to build now. And also, also like a, a seasoned you know, NFL coach with the Super Bowl. I mean, so. Right. And he had yeah. veterans when he came yeah. in that were ready to go and, and some other things. So nine and seven, you know, eight and eight. And right. so it's like, yeah, what do you, what do you expect? Um, I mean, there's not going to be growth if we just keep on every three, four years. On to the next, on to the next, but exactly. I don't know what people think is going to happen good if you just broom everybody and start over. It's like, okay, maybe you could say, well, in six years, we'll be a lot better for it. Well, those five years in between are going to suck. So I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, right now, just give these guys, give them two to three more years. And, and, and even two, like, is what most people would say is stretching it. So I'll say, give them Mm -hmm. two more years, give them another big draft, you know. If Matt Stafford's healthy, if if they don't get over the hump and win a playoff game and and multiple in that span, yeah, we got to move on to a new oh, regime, yeah. you know. But but in that time, like I think you would see a team go from middle of the pack right now in regards to talent to upper third, and then if Matt Stafford is healthy and is able to play the kind of football he's played this year, like there's no reason you can't get over the hump and and do some big things with another draft, another free agency, as well as some of these players coming in their own, like Jelani Tavai is okay. I think he'll be better in year two and three. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, there's other players that we're going to get rid of and be able to plug in a better talent, which will increase the, the overall team. So Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, people out there, sounds like Stefan and me are both saying like, you got to have patience. You got to hang in there, but we're not talking patience for wait another decade. We're saying another year or two so they can finish out what they're trying to build, get some guys healthy, get this scheme down, get this new culture rolling and say, all right, now the Detroit lions are something to deal with. Like nobody likes what's happened this year, but there's definitely a blue Kool-Aid on the horizon. I think we just got to hang in there. Now, now, Stefan, we got to get out of here, man. But before the show, you're, you've been a good long buddy of mine. We love chatting sports. But every time I talk to you, you use about 10 bros. And so I told you I was going to use the sound effect. Bruh. And you didn't uh, say one on purpose. So so can you promise bro. me next show that we do, you're going to get, you're going to throw some bros out My for the people? Bad. Yes. Bruh. 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 All right. Well, hey, man, let's, let's close this up. It's been really fun to have you on the show. Uh, really enjoy kind of talking football with you. Um, there's a big Michigan game this week against Sparty. I want to get you going on that, but we know go blue and, uh, we'll have to get back on here. Maybe talk, uh, some other Detroit Kool-Aid and Michigan sports at some point, but it was fun talking lions with you, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, you're still a rookie in the game, but I I think you can hang a little bit. So we'll we'll see what you do. Well, we'll get it going, man. Stafford. Go blue all day, every day. All right, man. Take it easy, man. We'll talk to you again. Drink it in, man.